You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 134 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. NASCAR season is upon us, guys. Get over to patreon.com slash garageguys today to get a subscription to our page and be in the know on everything happening with NASCAR DFS and best bets this 2020 NASCAR season. So you can get over there today, patreon.com slash garage guys. Don't forget it. We'll probably have millions of tweets coming out here in the next couple of weeks leading up to the Daytona 500. Win some cash, shake a little ass like Shakira and uh, the homie J-Lo did at the Super Bowl, which was uh, – your hips loud? Uh, no, they don't, just like Shakira, Shakira's don't. But that, that was a very hot topic, and, and we're going to be able to talk a little bit about that too on this episode recapping Super Bowl 54. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs, or as Donald Trump considers them, the, the Kansas Chiefs. <laughs> Great A in uh, geography. So good for him. It was just one of those bowls, man. It was just a bowl. I, a lot of people say it was a good Super Bowl. Some people say it was a meh Super Bowl. Uh, what, what, what are you thinking, man? I know you've been pumped up for this bowl. Definitely better than last Super Bowl where the Rams and Patriots couldn't score points. So I think yeah. it was a good Super Bowl, but not a great one. Yeah, I will say that the competitive the competitiveness of the of the game was great. There was it was a lot of back and forth, which is what everybody wants in a football game. There were you know a couple of things that happened that were super exciting, especially bet wise. Um, and we we can start all that off talking about the national anthem. Uh, but before the Super Bowl, most of you may or may not know that I have taken up skateboarding recently. Uh, <laughs> Drew, Drew I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining like seeing you skateboarding from if I like was driving my car and I looked over to my left and saw you skateboarding. I think I would just freak out. It's exhilarating. I'm definitely I'm back in my prime. I feel like um, I have my muscle memory back down now, where I can officially ollie and get pretty good air. I can also <laughs> hit a, uh, I can hit a rail. I can grind a rail, which is amazing. I busted my ass once. Yeah, not not those kind of rails. No, not trying to hurt my nose like Kenny Powers. Have you? Does anybody <laughs> see you skateboarding and like roll down the window? I'm like, hey Chase, has that has that happened yet? Uh, no, it hasn't happened yet. Um, even when what happened to me yesterday before the Super Bowl, uh, no one rolled a window down, which brings me to that. So I've been able to ollie. I can, I can pretty much, you know, ollie up onto a rail and ride it off and get back on the board and land. But I have been struggling to find my kickflip again. It's kind of like an intermediate trick, I would say. Um, pretty basic to a lot of people, though. But um, it takes a lot of body mechanics to get that kickflip down. Well, I've been working on it constantly for, like, weeks. And uh, finally, the moment that both of my feet land on the board, they um, out in front of a Chili's uh, before we go in to eat before the Super Bowl. Um, and I hit the kickflip. I get up. My back foot touches the board. I'm already like geeking. I'm like, oh, my God, I've got it. And then when my foot, my front foot hits the board, it is towards the rear of the board. 
and my body weight is shifted to the back and the board flies out from underneath me. I bust my ass on concrete at a Chili's. There is a car. There are people sitting in the car by where I bust my ass. Respectfully, they did not roll the windows down. Laugh point. Uh, they, there could be a video of me busting my ass out on the internet somewhere for all I know. But yeah, I, uh, I have my, my iPhone 11 in my back pocket and a lot of people know I don't carry a case on my phone. Luckily, the glass was turned to my ass and glass, I just, on, my ass. glass on the ass always. And, um, and I scraped a little bit of the bottom of my iPhone. So we're in the clear. Wasn't on the camera side. Everything's good there. But my ankle is fucked. So I successfully fucked up my ankle and coincidentally it is the one ankle that I've had issues with since I played baseball in high school. So it is very inflamed and I'm wrapping it with ice and I'm taking a lot of CBD. So thanks for all the thoughts and prayers. I'll be back boarding probably next week. Trying to land that thoughts and prayers while I'm the one laughing at you. I feel like a great person right now. Yeah, and also before we get into the Super Bowl, I will say that one of our Patreon subscribers, good friend of the podcast, name starts with a D, first name starts first last name starts with a P. We'll call him DP for protective purposes. Um, he hit me up on Instagram and told me about this movie called Mid Nineties, directed uh, and produced by Jonah Hill, which is about skateboarding. And I watched it off of his recommendation. And I wanted to give him a A plus 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 harder than Ralphie and a Christmas story got when he was daydreaming because that was an incredible movie. It reminded me so much of my childhood growing up, um, all the things that happened with that kid. Like, I feel like I went through that shit. So DP, you're the man. Thank you for recommending that movie. I've actually watched it twice since you recommended wow. it. Yes. When did, when did you recommend it? This was like four days ago. You watched it twice. I've watched it twice. That's how much I love this movie. I think I, I'm, it's safe for me to say this movie is better than the two legendary skateboarding movies, which the first one is Grind that came out in 2003. Was been, has been my favorite skateboard movie of all time. It's still a classic. You can't beat it. A lot of pro skaters in it love the movie. But as What's far it as called? this movie story called mid nineties Jonah Hill okay. wrote and directed it. Gotcha. Um, and Jonah Hill, I commend you. You did an amazing job, but uh, yeah, better than Lords of Dogtown and grind. I will come on the record and say that. So I'm going to tweet at Jonah Hill to let him know that. And I back it up a hundred percent and I will back it up in any conversation until someone watches it and proves me other otherwise. That's all the time we have for our Tony Hawk pro skater session for N64 on the garage guys, fantasy sports podcast. Brought to you by Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 for Nintendo 64. was a great game. Available at a pawn shop near you. So let's get into Super Bowl. Start off with the Demi Lovato uh, National Anthem. The under, she crushed the under. And I thought that this would be a good time for me to apologize for my tweet last week where I said that I'm going to take the over because Demi Lovato has a history of abusing things. So I wanted to apologize to all the people that took the over because I said that, because she hit the under. So good for her, not abusing the national anthem. And I'm very sorry to all the people that listened to my advice and took the over. What uh, about the people that were offended by you and took the under despite you? They won. They won. Yeah, they won. So if you didn't like me and didn't like that tweet for whatever reason there may have been, other than the sheer fact of hitting the over, 
and you took the under, congrats, because the official time was one minute and 50 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I laid off that. I don't, I don't mess with the anthem. It's not my thing. You, don't mess, you feel like it's un-American? Is it unpatriotic to bet the anthem? Uh, it's probably very patriotic. I feel like that's a tradition for the Super Bowl. It's been around for as long as I know. Right. It's about as like similar as like eating buffalo chicken dip on game day. This is true, which it's I did classic. not have. I did not have any of that. So. Yeah. Dang, that sucks. How, so your Super Bowl Sunday was, was good, though? It was great. Okay. I hung out with some friends and, uh, and did a little top golf. So I spent some hours playing top golf and had plenty of uh, adult beverages before watching the Super Bowl. Then, as usual, by the time the Super Bowl came around and halftime came around, I felt like it was time to start drinking water. Right. And, well, um, well you, didn't, you didn't drink your drip drop? I did not drink my drip drop, but I plan to soon now that we have a new, uh, a new business partner. Big news. Garage Guys Fancy Sports brought to you by Drip Drop ORS. Uh, that is right. You heard it here first. We'll be doing a lot of work with them at the NASCAR races coming up this season. So we're really hyped up. So be on the lookout for that and be sure to drink Drip Drop. We will have more information on that coming up on different shows. We'll have some tweets, different media and stuff out there. So the one thing you need to do right now is go follow Drip Drop on Twitter at Drink Drip Drop. Go follow them. Let them know that you're a loyal member of the Garage Fam and they may send you some Drip Drop. That's the first thing experience with Drip Drop. We, Remember we, when you, you brought it to Nashville and I exactly. needed it the next morning. I nurse you back to health with the Drip Drop. Um, it's Very an incredible true. product, especially for hangovers. Uh, if you're just sweating your balls off, instead of going to grab that sugary Gatorade, grab you a pack of Drip Drop, go to the water hose, and just pour it. You, you can make it right there. Like you can carry it in your pocket. You can't carry Gatorade in your pocket, just a big bulky bottle of Gatorade or Powerade. You can carry Drip Drop in your pocket, though. So keep that in mind. Drip Drop ORS. Shout out to Drip Drop. It's very Great things. Yes, it is. Very accessible. Good stuff. Maybe, um, you know, maybe if, if some of these players would have had some Drip Drop, they would have played a little bit more to their level of performance. Kind of like uh, Kyle Shanahan. He was sweating so much that he wanted to throw the ball instead of run it um, only 22 times, which was uh, insane. Jimmy G needed a little bit more Drip Drop in his system. He did. We, we got to get Jimmy G some drip drop. I really think it's more of a Kyle Shanahan drip drop problem because he was sweating so much. He got really dehydrated and he forgot that you have one of the most like prolific run games in the, in the biz and you just stopped doing it because you lost so many brain cells because you were dehydrated because you didn't have drip drop. So I think that's why the 49ers, the 49ers lost the Super Bowl because they didn't have drip drop. Uh, that that is that's fact. That's a fact. We figured it out. We cracked the we case. Did. We figured out Blues Clues. But let's let's go to this. So so we've said said my apology for the Demi Lovato tweet. Sorry for the people that took the over. Congrats for you that took the under. Another one was uh, the coin flip. Tails wins. Tails never fails. I didn't bet that one either. Did you Did you bet the coin flip? No, I didn't do too many props. Just a couple. Did you see the yeah. intro to the? The, like the opening commercial that led into the kid running on the field. Did you see that? I thought that that was one of the most amazing commercials. I watched it three times after the Super Bowl last night on Twitter. Yeah, like, that was I awesome. I loved it. That was like, that was equivalent to the NFL 100 commercial when they were all at the banquet in the beginning of the season. Or that Very was true. the Super Bowl commercial last season, right? I that think was, so. Yeah, I'm so not this certain. One, this one beats it by a, by a mile. And, and especially, like, when they were doing the NFL 100 and they were going over all the players that were there in the maroon jackets, and then they get to Bill Belichick and he just flexes like a motherfucker with those rings. I know that was an all-time boner moment for you. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> There's a classic Bill Belichick, like a little pity, you know, like th- throw the rings up, show them off, yeah. even though he only had three on, right? Yeah, I think he only had three, but still, like it looked like his whole hand was basically just like made of stone. So it was it was pretty hardcore. And then make your Marvel reference that you always say wrong. Go ahead. And oh make yeah, it. yeah. He was uh, he was hanging out with uh, with Kranos. He was he was <laughs> Kranos. So yeah, he became Kranos in that moment in time. Tom Brady was uh, was was Thenos. I guess that's his name, right? Thenos. His name the uh, the actual name's Thenos. Yeah, I like Thenos. So Tom Brady was good. Good segue there. So Tom Brady was just trolling everybody with his tweet. Yes. So we, on last week's episode on episode 133, we were wondering about this, this big mystery. It turned out it was a Hulu commercial. So, and a lot of people were mad about it. Like people were getting like super upset, but it's like Tom Brady would not buy out an entire ad to announce retirement at the Super Bowl. There's no way. As soon as I saw like Tom Brady, white and black, I'm like, this is what's happening here. Like yep. this is some kind of ad. There were literally people thinking that he bought out ad space to announce retirement on a commercial on the Super Bowl. How dumb are those people? Yeah, that's so stupid. And the people that are mad, I can tell you some people that are not mad, anybody that has any kind of executive power in Hulu, they're thrilled that he did that. That he, Oh, that's, that's huge. That just, yeah. that just made Hulu stock just went through the roof. I don't even know if they're publicly traded, but if they are kaboom. Yeah. Talking about clicks. Lambos. Yeah. Lambos to the moon. What, what was that when uh, Bitcoin was taken off? Everybody Lambos to the moon? Lambos. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Lambos, baby. God, Rocket ship. Rocket know, boys. Right? So, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I didn't catch a whole lot of Super Bowl commercials. I need to go back and watch some. Obviously, I would say, like, the one commercial that, that caught my attention the most was the NFL 100 commercial with the kid running up and then coming out into the field before the game, which was just a, they literally filmed a, that was a live commercial. Like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that in my entire life. It was wild. I loved it. It was a good start to the Super Bowl for sure. The only other notable one had Jim from the office in it. I don't even about, think I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you watch it and we can talk about it later, but I didn't really pay attention to the commercials that much this year. And from I feel what like I've they're read, going downhill. They are. They are. Everything's getting like like the liberal media has like and and by no means are we a political podcast, but you want to refer a word to something like the liberal media is the best way to do it. Like I feel like it's uh you can't really do anything too edgy anymore. And that's where all the funniness came from of Super Bowl commercials was the edgy shit. I don't think we'll ever see like the GoDaddy commercials ever again. Like with the chick, you know what I mean? Like the GoDaddy commercials. Like we'll never see shit like that again. Like the the baby talking the e trade commercial that was great, you know the the legendary Budweiser frogs was Dilly Dilly on the Super Bowl? Uh yeah Charlie uh, uh it was Charlie from um I can't think of his last name but from it's always sunny in Philadelphia he like ran into supposedly what was a Bud Light commercial but then made it a Tide commercial because he was trying to wash and he was in multiple commercials throughout the Super Bowl because he was trying to wash wondering if it was okay to wash his clothes now like wow. which I love what Tide is doing Tide has become like the new Budweiser he oh. was popping up everywhere now that you say that yeah he was dude I loved it I love it. any anytime you get to see some Charlie going down some Charlie work I'm a huge it's always Sunday in Philadelphia fan anytime we can see shit like that I'm, I'm ecstatic so that were some good commercials. That was one of the best ones. Um, one of the most important props that we 
did have for this Super Bowl was if Joe Buck and Troy Aikman would say Patriots, and they did free money. They said it multiple Boom. times, actually. I'm so mad I couldn't find the prop. Uh, I couldn't either, man. But so, I found where it was, and we missed the boat. It was on betonline.ag, and it was all it was up all the way until kickoff. So hopefully, hopefully, some of you guys listened and got in on the action. Uh, at the time we talked about it, it was minus three hundred, and by the time it closed, it was minus four hundred. So yeah. it was getting hit pretty hard. I had a uh, I had a good friend that I work with that actually found it, um, and good. he bet it, and he got it at, at uh, minus three hundred. Um, beautiful so he it was a lot yeah he put up like a grand on that nice. so not not a bad return there. was this danny uh can't reveal this i, I can't reveal this information but i will okay. say it was not danny it was okay. not danny i will say that much but yeah. there also was a prop similar named right next to it for if, if they say if they reference tom brady so if you played both of those should have won them both yeah so good shit there as far as the uh, gay couple in a suit in a Super Bowl ad, I don't know if I saw one. I'm gonna have to go back to the point that I didn't we'll have watch to fact, the commercials. Yeah, right. We'll have to fact check that because I don't think neither of us did. But did you? Well, did you place a, a wager? If you did, then you'd have the result. I did not. I couldn't find that one either. I think the book that I was playing, the only prop bet that they had was what will a player raise a fist during the national anthem, which did mm-hmm. not happen. So interesting. Yeah, that's the only one that I found that I could bet on. So my book must suck. Um, <laughs> so yeah, might need to look into some other shit and going forward in the future. But um, getting more into some of the stuff that the book did have, let's talk about one of the uh, one of the big ones was uh, Kyle Juszczyk getting a touchdown or juice Oof. as they call him. I think the odds on that was like plus six hundred or plus six forty five, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And so if you bet that one. You were a ballsy motherfucker for one. Love the um, fullback if you did. You're just a fullback guy. Yeah, you, you would have to think that PFT Commoner would probably have bet that one a lot oh, uh, yeah. just because of how much he loves fullbacks. But uh, anybody that got that one, I think Howard Bender actually bet it. Good friend of the, of the garage guys, Howard Bender from uh, Fantasy Alarm. I think he bet the use check prop. Nice. Sounds like a good day. Yeah, I was like, "Who? who's your source? Who Who told you this was going to happen? See, you we know really I mean? screwed up. I'm mad at us. I'm, I'm mad at us for not finding the, the Patriots thing and hammering it as much as we can. I know. Like, we, we should have really, like, looked into it. But the beauty of it is the people that did listen to this show, that got in on it, that did find it, I'm, I'm happy because they did. For sure. I'm super excited for them. So, congrats to you guys. A um, little bit of controversy going up into the, the second half of the game, right before the first half ended. We had uh, the pass interference call on George Kittle. And as much as I am happy that everything played out the way it did, I won some you know money with the Chiefs money line. Um, I, uh, I won my prop with the first score being a field goal. I bet that live. That was nice. And did you hit that Damian Williams touchdown that I told you to? I uh, did not get to hit that. I was actually driving. So I only, I only got to put in two bets for the Super Bowl, which I took the uh, first score being a field goal, and I took the Chiefs' money line at plus 100. So that was a pretty good success. During the game, right, obviously. During the game, yes. I waited until I knew that there would be a point where the Chiefs would probably get down, and I said, I'm going to hammer the fuck out of it as soon as they do. And I did, and it was successful because I never doubted the Chiefs for one moment because there's Andy Reid. You can't, you can't doubt row, right? Andy Reid. That's right. You can't doubt Andy Reid, okay? 
What about that third and 15 there? That was clutch. The Tyree kill bomb. Yeah. When you see stuff like that happen, it was just like, whoa, is this the regular season? But, like, yeah. I think the real MVP in the wide receiver game of this game was Sammy Watkins. That guy, he did some work, man. He made some really, really important plays for that team. In yeah. this game. And so, Damian Williams should have been MVP. We agree on that. A hundred percent. I'm pissed off about that. I was going to wait to talk about that, but since you brought it up, you've already unleashed the demons. This man, okay, what what do we have to do to, like, make people understand that the MVP should be, like, the person that comes to in the clutch or the person that has, like, the most, like, out of, like, everybody? Like, if we base the MVP off of the daily fantasy sports points, Damian Williams should have won. He had 32 fantasy points on, on uh, DraftKings, 104 rushing yards, one touchdown, one receiving touchdown for 29 yards. Yeah, Damian Williams should have been the MVP of this game. Uh, I was on Twitter Monday morning, and Darius Geis tweeted out, uh, it was something along the lines of, I can't wait to be on a Super Bowl winning team as a running back or whatever. And I said, well, apparently it doesn't feel that great because Damian Williams went hard as a motherfucker and got hardly no love after the game. And he liked that tweet. So obviously Darius knows what's up. And I just strongly feel like that it was just any – He definitely MVP. deserved it. Pat Mahomes was playing awful for the first two and a half quarters and Damian Williams, in a sense, you could say, kept him in the game. So – Right. He was, he was the main factor of that game. Patrick Mahomes ended up having 26 fantasy points on DraftKings, 286 passing yards for two touchdowns, and he had the rushing touchdown uh, and 29 yards rushing. I mean, not a bad game by any means, but, like, I feel like at that point, like, you're just saying, okay, well, he's the quarterback, um, and we're going to just give it to him. Right. It's like, you know, but it's like Damian was the one that, like, went off. Um, and, if, and, if, and if the 49ers would have won, uh, Debo Samuel should have been the MVP hands down. Yeah, it was one of those things for me. When we saw James White not get that Super Bowl MVP, I was like, maybe a running back never is going to get it. Because I know James White had one game where he was, I think, two touchdowns and a two-point conversion and some really clutch plays, and they still didn't give it to him. It's, it's, so maybe, just, it's just the winning quarterback at this point. Well, we had Edelman last year, um, which was cool to see a wide receiver grab it. That's true. But he went like how many – I mean, he went like double-digit catches. He, he and, was the – but that game was so shit. He was the only thing that really was of value that kept it right. alive. But in a game like this, Williams should have had it by far. And I don't know if you got to catch the segment um, on ESPN earlier in the week with Kellerman and Booger, and there was one of the female broadcasters for ESPN, and they were talking with Christian McCaffrey. And literally – were just like degrading him on live television with him sitting right by them. And like you could tell that like McCaffrey was getting like Booger was sitting right by him saying that Zeke is better than him and like Kellerman saying that Saquon's better. And McCaffrey's just like looking at them like they're idiots because they are. Like yeah. McCaffrey is hands down the number one. And like I tweeted out, I was like, be a hero, Christian McCaffrey. Punch Booger in the face right now. Was he, like, laughing it off, or was he just being awkward? What was the – No, McCaffrey was, like, at first he kind of did, and then, like, after that he was just kind of, like, serious-faced. Like, oh, my God. And, like, the chick that was on there was basically saying, like, yeah, this is good. This is what we're going to do from now on. We're just going to have fucking NFL players on our show. We're just going to bash them right to their faces. Like, he is now – like, I'm rooting for Christian McCaffrey harder than ever now. At I the guess Saints they do fan. that too, though, man, because like if, if he decides to react, though, in any sort of like temper or any sort of 
crazy reaction, then it's good for their show. So they're doing that. Well, yeah, they're doing it for ratings, but also because, and not even for ratings, just for views that, cause they can clip that out like they did and put it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But McCaffrey came out and said, I'm the best running back in the league. And he, and he, he said, he said that I think it's just a confidence thing. Like you ask Saquon, he'll tell you that, you know, you ask Zeke, he'll tell you that. And I'm going to tell you that too. Like I'm the best. And like, cool. I will, I will say he is. We have a slogan for this. The results speak for themselves. Amen, baby. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for giving us the, the best slogan of all time. So, yeah, the results speak for themselves. You've seen it. McCaffrey, hands down. The, the dude's a maniac. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the pass interference was, was stupid. I, th- I think that he was just doing basic maneuvers to just, like, get the ball. I don't see what was up at the play calling the the end of the half. It's like at first they were trying to just go into halftime and then they decided to try. Is that what happened? Yeah. Like it was just like Shanahan couldn't really make up his mind. Like he successfully blew another Super Bowl, And uh, so this is, this is a thing now. This is a thing. Like, like Shanahan is just good at blowing Super Bowls. So he's got a a lot of work to do to overcome this. Like they're going to have to win a Super Bowl, like soon so that he can be like, Hey, I'm Kyle Shanahan. I don't blame him too much for this one. I'll say that. I think the, the obviously the twenty eight three was a bigger deal, and he was a coordinator, so I guess he doesn't get the full responsibility for that. But well, man, uh, I, I, this was a lot of things that like right, like third and fifteen, your defense—that's the best in the league's got to make that stop. Um, I don't know why they went away from the run game with Mostert. He was having a pretty decent day at least, and he was fresh. So he does—he deserves some blame. I'm just—I don't want the narrative to be that he's just a choke artist all the time in the Super Bowl. I guess right. that's, that's going to happen there, right? That's that, that it, it already has happened. It's already the narrative now. So he's got to mm. win a Super Bowl to change this. And I, and I fully think he's capable of doing it. And he um, just got the monkey off his back. So maybe, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The, the better team won this game. What was up with Patrick Mahomes, though, like basically showing Vegas who's boss? By, at the end of the, in the fourth quarter, he fucked up his yardage prop um, and the under hit on it because every time he would, instead of taking a knee, he would back up and then take a knee. Yeah, that was probably the worst screw job if you, like of all time. I know I, I had the rushing props, so I was pissed. So. so do you think that he was aware of this? That's my question. I don't think he was aware of this until Bullshit. after the game. I don't think he was in the Super Bowl. Now, if this had been a regular season game and just another – just a random QB, I would tell you 100% conspiracy – if you're a smart guy and you're trying to shave points or you're trying to do something like that, that I don't think that's the way you do it, right? I mean, that's not very smart. Look, there is I think no somebody way. was in his ear telling him, like one of the coaches was saying, "Hey, like we need to run clock. If you'll instead of taking a instead of taking a knee immediately, run back, kill a few seconds, right?" But but this is the thing about that. It's like I get that they're wanting to kill some time, but it's like at the same time, like you, you can't you can't tell me that he didn't know that that this prop existed and that's where i'm getting at is like maybe he knew and like he might have told some of his boys like or the coaches might have told him to do that without him knowing and the coaches might have been the ones that were on it they're literally now that we have seen legal sports betting become you know basically just kind of like a normal thing these players, there, there are going to be some players that, that are for it and some players that are against it, some players that are going to use it to their advantage. We saw Michael Jordan do it for years. It was a big conspiracy. I don't think it's still provable, but I, I guarantee that there are literally players out there that do things purposely and intentionally 
for sports betting. And maybe that this was one of those, it had to be one of those things because you take the knee, you're still going to run that time off the clock. You're only buying yourself maybe a second or two. And then for all that, just to go and throw a long bomb out to end the game. In theory, I agree with you 100% that this is going to be a, a problem moving forward. I just don't think this is the um, game that anyone was trying to be sketchy. If it happened. I think this would be the game, though, because it's the most heavily betted game all season. I just don't think Pat Mahomes is the one investing his money now. I just, that's just my opinion. That's my take. But I agree that this stuff is – there's going to be a lot of funny business. Yeah. Sports. Lots, lots of funny, 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 funny business for sure. Yeah. And this is coming from somebody that – was on that prop. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you were on it too. So very frustrating. And I have every reason to be angry and to, to yell that there's a conspiracy. I just, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes was, was pulling that. I would be really shocked if he was out there winning a Super Bowl for the first time, thinking about his rushing prop. I think, I think I'm lucky. I haven't become degenerate enough to like hit <laughs> every prop that I possibly can. Cause like I, I looked over all your stuff and trust me, I was going to like start hitting everything. You know, of course we agree on the money line, but I was sitting there thinking like, I got to pay this. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, had I didn't trust. even do the fun props too. I was going to add fun props, like ones that weren't anything to do with football. And I was like, okay, this is getting too long. And I stopped. So, right. There were a lot of different things, man. And I just, it's, it was just, it could have went in any way. So I just wanted to pick the things that I was, I felt sure of. And like the ones that you put out that I knew that how, how sure of. And then of course there's going to be every one that you do you're sure of because that's what you feel. But I know from you me personally, Damian William once I'm mad at you. I did, I did. I'm mad at myself for that because anytime it, one hits, I'm going to be pissed. But I was so worried about thinking like, okay, I'm going to keep this limited to like one or two bets and just get myself over my limit, and then I'm just going to start going ham on basketball again. Because <laughs> yeah. like, if we'd have been, props the, can get you in trouble, man. They can, they can, they can. I want to stick to, uh, I want to stick to to straight things for right now. I, I attempted my first parlay not too long ago. It didn't work out so well. So, uh, so yeah, not, not too fun. But still learning and growing. Ready, I'm pumped for the NASCAR stuff. Speaking of NASCAR, too, um, Clint Boyer is a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. And he uh, – there was a lot of tweets that were NASCAR was retweeting the day his wife was retweeting. He, uh, he got fucked up last night or on Sunday night. Celebrating. Got trashed, dude. Like absolute trash. They had a, his wife tweeted out a picture today of him passed out in the passenger seat with his hat over his head. His mouth was wide open, just like just just passed out, dude. Like um, he he tweeted out like, "Holy shit!" Like Clint Boyer is just a national treasure. I love the fuck out of the guy, um, especially after meeting him and and doing a couple of interviews with him at Talladega last uh, NASCAR season. He was uh, he's a fun guy to be around, man. He brings a lot of energy into a room. So, uh, so I was pumped for him because he, because essentially he got a win too. So. Bet he's a fun hang when uh, under the influence. Oh my God! Yeah, he's got to be. I've heard a lot of stories, and uh, and he, he himself is like I've heard a couple of stories from him personally where he was kind of talking about what they did, you know, after certain victories and things like that. So he's a he's a treasure man for sure, and um and we're gonna be seeing a lot more of him now that we're getting ready to move in to the NASCAR season, which brings us to our next segment. It's time to get you guys ready for NASCAR, ready for the season. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the moves that have went down over the offseason, the schedule, what's different, and uh, some of the new guys and, that, that are coming up into the uh, NASCAR Cup Series for 2020.
All right, so there have been a lot of moves in this NASCAR silly season, as we will call it. Uh, silly season is just a term that is basically used pretty much every year to basically go through uh, where drivers, certain drivers ended up, where they, uh, where, where they were, whether they were tired or whether they were signed a new team. Um, some couple of drivers that re-signed that we pretty much already knew that was going to come into was like Eric Almarola and Clint Boyer with Stuart Haas Racing. So that's two things to note too. So those guys will be back. Um, I know you're a huge Eric Almarola fan. You're like you're like his your number number one fanboy, Drew. I think you made this up. Is he yeah. am I a fan? No, you're not. I just made it up completely. I don't really I think know he has. Hey, Eric I will say Almarola this. Fans. I can back this narrative and say he has been somebody that won me a tournament. So. Yeah, yeah. He say, same here for me. But can you count on one hand how many Eric Almarola shirts you've seen at a race? No, I cannot count on one hand. Exactly. I can count on zero hands. Yeah, like zero hands, like <laughs> anything, like any type of uh, any type of of different things you could count with. You could probably, I've never seen anyone wearing an Eric Almarola shirt. So good job for him to keep keep pushing along in life. Um, some other moves, another big signing that we had was uh, Kurt Busch. He re-signed with Chip Ganassi Racing. He did a multi-year extension with them, basically saying that um, he is like the Tom Brady of NASCAR now. Um, even though he's not good, he's just an, a guy that's old and won't go away. So that's his relation with Tom Brady. I feel like he threw some shade there. Uh, though, well, maybe not shade, but like trying to like compare him to somebody that people from the football world can understand. Like, you know, when you got like an old guy that's still rolling. And I think that his personal motive is, is that he wants to do whatever he can to like win a championship, which give it a take. Like, that's what everybody wants. But with Kurt, it's like, I guess, because like all the success that his brother Kyle has had. Maybe he's like a little, a little bit for bitter. himself. Yeah, exactly. You got you got to give a little bit to old Kurt too. I like Kurt personally because he drives a Chevy, and because I was raised on Chevy, so I had like a small bias for a while, and like it still lives subconsciously in the back of my head. But now that like I've been covering NASCAR from a media standpoint, like I've become like a fan of like all drivers and all manufacturers. So like, there's not one particular one that gets me anymore. But the uh, the whole Monster Energy car thing pops. But I don't know if that's going to be a thing much longer. He does have a new paint scheme this year, and Monster is not the official sponsor of NASCAR anymore, which is good because now all the Kyles that punch sheetrock can exit the sport, and we can get just more rowdy hooligans coming in. Because I drank my first Monster Energy drink this past week, and it was garbage, and I'll never drink another one again. You will drink Red Bull, though. I will drink a Red Bull, though. I feel like Red Bull is the classy way to go when you're looking to get some energy um, in a drink form. What about Monster, drip drop? Drip drop is the way to hydrate your ass fast. So that's why I drink drip drop like all the time. Like especially like, you know, when I'm doing extracurricular activities like skateboarding, um, busting my ankle, gotta stay hydrated. Um, if I'm like running forties for no reason, gotta keep the drip drop on deck. If, uh, if I'm, like, out on a NASCAR track and I'm, like, chasing around drivers to get, like, video content and ask them about their mustaches, got to have drip drop. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of reasons that I would have drip drop, but Monster Energy, not so much. Not a fan of it. Um, so, and obviously NASCAR is not that big of a fan either, which is why they're moving away. And Kyle Busch has actually introduced, Kurt's brother 
has his own energy drink now called Rowdy Energy. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but this I is don't a support thing. this. This is a thing. Kyle Bush has his own energy drink. I think Kicking the Tires is a blog. Um, good friends with uh, Jerry that runs that blog, and he was giving away some Rowdy Energy to some of their uh, some of their followers and uh, subscribers on Twitter. So yeah, Kyle Bush has an energy drink now. Now that Monster is out of the picture, I don't think that dude needs any energy unless it's going to calm him down. I don't know. Like I think a high strung Kyle Bush would be better instead of like the, the, the low monotone, like fuck you. I'm God. Like now he can be like, fuck you. I'm God. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, that's the, that's the cool thing about it. Some of the people that won't be returning to NASCAR. Of course we had Paul Bernard retire from Wood Brothers racing. Uh, we had David Reagan retire and we also had, um, believe it was Daniel Hemrick is moving out of the cup series. He's going into the Xfinity series. He was running the number eight for Richard Childress racing. He's going to be running with junior motorsports now. And was uh, it only one season for him. I mean, he was not up long, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Like I feel like if he would have had more, uh, more time in the sport, he could have developed, but they were ready to pull up Tyler Reddick. And in all honesty, I think that Reddick should have been pulled up a year before they should have made that assessment to get Reddick in there before Hemrick, which I thought should have been the move altogether, Agreed. but it, uh, it didn't happen that way. And we'll talk a little bit more about Reddick when we get into some of these, uh, some of the big, the big three basically coming from the Xfinity, but uh, Landon Castle won't be returning to Starcom. And then uh, looking into some of the drivers that are going to be coming up just quickly to, to roll over them. We had uh, some swaps. Chris Busher and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. swap teams, essentially. Busher's going to be running with Roush Fenway Racing now, taking the 17 car. And um, Stenhouse Jr. will be running the JTD Daughtry Racing car. So he's officially a Kroger boy. Stenhouse is now a Kroger boy. And uh, Chris Busher is now the Fastenal boy. Which so, team do you say has the better equipment there? I'm trying to think back. Chris Busher or Stenhouse? Pretty even. I'm, Who's a better driver who has better equipment? I want to say that Busher is probably the better driver here. Uh, equipment equipment wise, Roush Fenway, I feel like does have better equipment than being in the Ford and the Mustangs. I don't think that the Camaros are up to par with J, uh, with JTD Daugherty. And I think that now with Busher behind the wheel of the 17, we're going to see a lot better results for Fenway coming into this year. And depending on whatever Ryan Newman decides to do uh, driving the number six, I think that them getting another talented young driver in that seat eventually will really help that team um, emerge as a, uh, as a decent contender with the Fords, you know, to, to kind of rival SHR and Penske. It'll be cool to see what happens with them. Roush has kind of always been the ones on the back burners, but uh you know, I think that they have what it takes to, to make some things happen as long as they get the talent behind the seat. De Benedetto took over the 21 of Paul Menard's uh, Wood Brothers racing car. This is one of the moves that I love the most. Love Matt De Benedetto. He's always been a very friendly guy, someone that's always been, you know, willing and eager to talk to us for garage guys when we were out there on the track. I'm going to do some interviews with him. Um, so, and, and he's also a really good driver. We saw him, I think his best race he had, this past year was uh, when he found out that he wasn't going to be coming back to Levine family racing, knowing that he was going to be looking for a seat. And that's when we saw Dave Portnoy from Barstool sponsor the car. 
for a couple of races. And we saw him almost win Bristol, but it was actually a hit by Ryan Newman that slowed him down, you know, a few uh, tenths of a second and allowed Denny Hamlin to catch up and win the race eventually. So if it wouldn't have been for that rub by Newman, I fully believe that DiBenedetto would have won the Bristol race. And it would have yeah, been the race after he found out that he was getting cut. So that would have been huge for him. But it worked out. I love DiBenedetto moving to the 21. I definitely think that we're going to see a win out of him this season. But I was just thinking about how close he was to win that race. And I'm pretty sure I'd, I had to, like, set a bunch of money on fire when that happened. I'm a no, huge fan just, of him, though. I'm remembering looked, for him. He looked so sad. But, like, I, now I'm just imagining you being way more sad. Oh, yeah. Like, when that happened. So, I'm sorry. He did look like somebody killed his wife or if he's married. He did look like somebody had just, like, killed somebody in his family. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough, rough one for sure. Like, you could just see the sadness in his eyes. So, I'm hoping he's going to be able to really uh, break out of that cycle and get further to being the racer that he wants to be and, and sees himself as. And the equipment that he's going to be moving up to should definitely help him out because they are running some of Penske's uh, equipment. So they're, uh, they're kind of hand-in-hand, Wood Brothers and Penske together. So that's kind of essentially the same equipment that you see Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Ryan Blaney run. And uh, we, we saw a pretty, pretty strong uh, running out of Penske in the playoffs in 2019. So uh, they made some crew changes over there. I think uh, Keselowski and Blaney traded uh, crew chiefs. So that's going to be interesting to watch going into 2020, seeing how they can uh, – they can help, you know, if, if, if doing a swap can help either driver out or if it's going to worsen them. So it's something to keep a close eye on. And uh, some sad news for the Garage fam. Slam Brad Hayes has been canceled officially. It's uh, a big Miller, deal. Miller Lite has, uh, has only agreed to sponsor one race for Brad Keselowski, and this is their basically their farewell to NASCAR. Miller Lite is pulling out of NASCAR completely. So good riddance. You sons of bitches, we don't need you over here in these uh, in these circles anyway. So Slam Brad Case is dead. So we got to find a new nickname for Brad, and we've got to find one fast. So I'm going to try to make sure that we have one going into uh, Talladega. So all the Garage fam out there, if you can help me out and help me and Drew figure out what we're going to do, what we're going to call Brad Keselowski from now on, it would be greatly appreciated. So get those tweeted out to us at GGFS podcast and let us know what's happening. That's sad news. It is, dude. It's, it's, it's we'll almost move heartbreaking. On. We will. We'll move on, we're going to bounce you know. back. It's a, it's, it's a good throwback now. So if you, if you were fortunate enough to buy the Slam Brad K shirt, go ahead, you send it to me. I'll, me and Drew will sign it. We'll sell it on eBay. You can probably make at least like 10, 10 grand off of it. So always the future remember. value of that shirt with our, with our names on it. Is oh my roof. God. Through the roof. Like, like if you're into futures, this is, this is the perfect yeah, time. Don't, don't sell it now. This is don't inside information. Wait, wait 10 years and then sell it. That's right. You heard it here first. Um, some other big things that are happening with NASCAR too, that, that a lot of people want to know about is the schedule. Um, so NASCAR has decided to, um, I guess you would say they're, they're shortening the schedule a little bit. Uh, the last race, uh, the championship is going to be on Sunday, November 8th now. So they're not going to run all the way into November. And that's kind of to help balance out football coming back. And because they, un- they understand now that th- with this market, that like there's definitely a swing when football season starts. And right, rightly so. Football is America's sport. So you got to give credit where it's due there. 
and um, as as NASCAR works to to come back to be in the sweetheart sport of America, they they're making good strides to make that happen. But uh, we're we're the one big thing is we're going to see a back to back race Pocono, so that's set to take place sometime around the June area. So like June twenty seventh is the first Pocono race, the kids free three twenty five. That'll be on NBCSN. So two back-to-back races with Pocono uh, on NBC. And that's a Saturday and a Sunday race. So DFS is going to be uh, – and I've got to do a little bit more studying, and I'm sure through our articles that we're going to be putting out on Patreon and our updates with our picks and our rankings, we'll have some little side notes on there for you guys that are subscribed to read and kind of uh, take heed on. But that's going to be a tricky weekend, man. And they, they call it the tricky triangle, so it's fitting. Yeah, as the schedule changes, so will our approach to all of our content and DFS strategy. There might be some opportunities once I dig into the schedule. of The one, the one thing I hope they change is making sure qualifying and all that's wrapped up and inspections wrapped up before like an hour. Like sometimes we had a too quick of a turnaround time when the DFS late started, right? And we right. didn't even know the lineup right until – I don't know if any of that's changing, but I sure hope so. Yeah, I think that they're going to get a little they're, – they're a little bit more aware of the fantasy side of NASCAR this year. So, I think that DraftKings is going to do a little bit to kind of encourage NASCAR, the actual sport, to kind of get some of that info out at a quicker time. So, it's going to be cool to see that. Homestead is no longer the, the championship race. Homestead, Miami will be on Sunday, March 22nd. It'll be the Dixie Vodka 400. That's some other big news. So we're, we're seeing the championship go to Phoenix Raceway now. And this, I think, is the start of us seeing a revolving championship, which is what I personally think there needs to be. I love the fact of, a, you know, a different track being the championship race every year. And, and even Kevin Harvick has kind of gotten behind that statement. I mean, how amazing would it be to see like Talladega as a championship race? Beautiful. It would be incredible. But if you're in the sport and you're, a, I guess, a NASCAR, um, I guess if you're a driver, then there's, that takes away from the skill a little bit because. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. you, you will probably have way more like points, championship wins, and actual victory and championship wins at a place like Talladega or Daytona. But, um, you know, that's why they try to stick more to the intermediate tracks when they're doing that because it's a little bit more equal to where the, the person that's going to win the championship could win the race. But, um, but, yeah, you'll see a lot more variance whenever you go somewhere like a super speedway. So just something to kind of keep an eye on there. So the schedule – fans' perspective, I mean, you'd be excited to have that change. Oh, my God, dude. A championship at Talladega would be absolutely insane. So finally, let's talk about these three new guys a little bit. Um, it's always cool to see the new crop roll in. And uh, this year we have Christopher Bell taking over the 95 car from Levine Family Racing. We have Cole Custer taking over the 41. Uh, Daniel Suarez's old car with Stuart Haas Racing, which, by the way, Suarez did recently get signed to a, uh, a new team. So that was a big deal. A lot of people were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with that. So Suarez is actually going to be running with Gaunt Brothers Racing. Um, so congrats to him for finding a way to stay uh, relevant in the series. And uh, then we have Tyler Reddick, which is the two-time Xfinity Series champion, taking over the number eight, which was what Daniel Hemrick ran, which should have been the person they brought in last season, in my opinion, like getting back to what I was saying earlier in this conversation. And you, you kind of had uh, the same opinion with this. Reddick's just good, man. 
he's got a lot of like old school mentality when it comes to racing. Uh, his racing style is, uh, is, you know, he's, he's pretty aggressive on the track. We, we, you can see him kind of have the best of both worlds, you know, when, when he's got to hunker down and he knows when he's got to just kind of race for points. And then there's also those times though, where he's just kind of tosses that out the window and he'll get a little bit more gritty. And one thing that I'm excited about with him and Cole coming in is we might see a true rivalry brew between those two. Cause we already saw him have one big fist fight. It was one of the Xfinity races this past season. So I'm really hoping we see a lot more action because these slap fights between Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin are just kind of like soft in my opinion. So I need to see some, some fists thrown. Yeah. We're definitely pro entertainment and rivalry on this podcast. So glad that we got these young guys coming up. One thing that I do not want to see happen is these guys to get phased out just because they don't have the equipment. And so hopefully they can come in with that same mindset they had in the Xfinity series. I will go ahead and go out and say that I think if any of these three are going to be phased out and not put on a show, I think it'll be Christopher Bell. Uh, just uh, him running the uh, the 95, I mean, we saw what Benedetto could do with it. And you got to look, that's, that's older equipment. Uh, Levine family runs some older equipment. And Benedetto showed true skill running that 95 car. He did some things that I haven't really ever seen out of a, of a team that, that was a little bit on the lower end of the totem pole do. So that's why I'm super excited to see him move up to some better equipment. Um, with Christopher Bell, I mean, he's very talented. Don't get me wrong. He's good at racing, but it's just with him going into this type of equipment, I definitely think that Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick have the edge because RCR, for one, is just a legendary racing team they're they're making some changes on their uh for you know for their their hirings as far as the crew chiefs i know austin Dillon's getting a new crew chief this year they're, they're doing some different things in the garage and um with cole custer suarez had a really good team built around him um i actually um have been able to have some discussions with some of the the guys in the garage with his team and they have nothing but like really good stuff to say about uh, Cole Custer coming up into this car. So I think that we could see Cole have an immediate impact as well as Tyler. These, these are the two that I'm looking at to be the ones that really shine. And out of, out of all of them, I think that Custer probably has the better equipment out of all three. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Uh, I'm super excited for all three, but Custer to me just in the in the races that I watch seem like he's just as talented as Reddick possibly so I don't know where your take is on that yeah I, I definitely think Reddick has a little bit more of an edge as far as the uh the aggressiveness of driving Custer's a little bit more uh by procedure uh, but he's you know, a by the book guy huh? he's a he's kind of a by the book racer he's uh you know and he he shows that if 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 there is anybody that I could probably compare his style to he's very far away from being the person that that this guy is but he kind of reminds me of like Kevin Harvick's style of driving um kind of like when he came in and like what he did so it's you know maybe kind of fitting that he's actually on the team the same team as uh Kevin Harvick but I, well, I mentor see, mentee action possibly. yeah yeah I definitely see that kind of being a thing here um so tomorrow when we see a headline that Kevin Harvick hates him then just omit this for the podcast it's probably going to be like a cover-up because he's probably like i don't want nobody to know that we're hanging out okay like because he's too busy doing cole custard's custard reviews this dude literally reviews custard 
if you follow him on Instagram, he has videos where he goes to custard places and reviews custard. Some crazy shit. Some like, marketing. Talk about finding the one thing that could rhyme with your last name. That's, that's a tough feat when your last name is Custard. So you're just going to roll with Custard. I literally called him Cole Custard for like the first two months that I ever found out who he was. I appreciate the ground that he's putting in. <laughs> and I yeah, can just see you like yelling after him like, can I get a minute? Like trying to get him for an interview and you're just saying his name. Yeah. Just visualize we'll call, it. I'm just going to call him Custard. I'm like, Custard. Like I'm a you're holler gonna throw, You're going to throw boy. Boy on the end of it too. Custard boy. Custard boy. Yeah. All right. So that, that's, a, that's a bucket list item right there. We have to do an interview where we call him Custard boy. Yep. All right. So that has to happen. Shit. Put it in the All right. We're going to make that happen. So, yeah, those are three guys you need to be watching out for. And then lastly, it, it wouldn't be a NASCAR preview segment on this show if we didn't talk about our favorite paint schemes for 2020. So if you haven't seen them yet, you can get over to NASCAR.com and look up the 2020 paint schemes for every car. Drew, would you like to do the honors of your favorite paint scheme for this, for this season? One that caught my attention is just William Byron. The 24, returning to the Flames. Yeah, it reminded me of playing with Hot Wheels when I was a kid. So, And I know the Flames have been there in the past, but it just it caught my attention. And there was one other one. I'm going to scroll I'm gonna scroll through it again because there was one other one I wanted to bring up, but I'll transition it to you. I do want to say that that's why you're doing that. The 24, it just it's total just homage to Jeff Gordon. The yes. flames on that car is just, that's all I, when I, when I saw this car and I saw those flames, that's all I thought was Jeff. So it's awesome to see that 24 keep that same look. And I um, love Jeff Gordon too. So yeah, that helps. Got to. Bias. You have a favorite? Yeah. So me, I have a couple. Number one, Alex Bowman is, is making the Vaveline paint scheme a full-time deal. It is just sexy. The last time we saw Vaveline as a, uh, a paint scheme was with Mark Martin when he drove the number six when I was a kid. So to be able to see it now, they, they've made it look so clean and so fresh. Definitely my favorite paint scheme in all of the Hendrick cars. Um, so Bowman – this is the one at the bottom, correct? The very yes, bottom of the page. this is the very bottom. Bowman has the edge with sexiness as far as just a very well put together paint scheme. And then another one that's not actually listed on here that will be, I don't know how many races that will be ran, but uh, Roush Fenway, Ryan Newman's number six, Castrol has signed as a primary sponsor and it is just the sickest paint scheme. It is a, it's going to be a full-time scheme. It's red and green, and it's got, like, the splash paint, so it looks like kind of like an 80s-style car, and you guys know I'm all about that shit. So it's got a very retro look to it. It just looks fierce. The only thing I hope for at this point is that Newman can actually race hard as a motherfucker when he's in that paint scheme because he's got to win a race with that car. If he wins a race with that car, I might go break the bank and buy a bunch of Castrol Ryan Newman gear. I might do it. I can already tell that you're going to let the paint schemes influence your picks for these races. And I love it. I'm here for that. Don't get, don't get too ahead of yourself. It all depends on facial expressions before a race. That's how <laughs> I make my picks. Okay. You got to see into the future though. If you're writing your articles and you don't see their facial expressions. Oh, you're going to well, use practice facial expressions. Not, not everybody knows that I have a DeLorean in the backyard. So it's yeah. true. Shit. I didn't just say that. The, you, for, you forgot that I said that on this podcast. So, so did you I didn't have hear anything good? Well, we were talking about football, right? No, we were talking about paint schemes. So what was your, what was your, your second favorite that you had? I think it was actually Bowman. 
So we agree on that one. So I was we going through booming. it. And then who was at the top? That's that's a sexy car. The monster car is nice. You can't yeah, ride that's, the, a, that's that's been there though, right? That's no, yeah. there's no change. There there's was somebody nothing else new there. Change. Oh, the Hooters car was. I have to note the Hooters car of Chase Elliott. Yeah, you can't can't have NASCAR without the hoots. So free free wings every time he wins a race too. Did but he? He wasn't rocking that last year, was he? He yeah he he rocked Hooters. He had a couple of different Hooters a few times, teams, but this one is by far like probably like the the sickest looking one. It just looks like a it looks like a really mean jack o' lantern coming around the track. That's what I'm going to envision it as. So it's like a nighttime Hooters car. It is a sick looking paint scheme. I can't lie. The, what about this Kyle is, Larson? This looks like a different one here. I'm not a fan of Larson's. Larson's is just too bright. I don't really like it at all. It just it's not really well put together. It's just, that, that is a big change, right? Yeah, that's a huge change. Advent okay. health. I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm just saying. No, I'm, trying to, looks, I'm trying to see which ones look way different than what I'm used to. That's what I'm calling it, out. When I see Larson, I see the Credit One Chevrolet. Like that's, yes. that's that's where I roll with Larson. Like Larson's cool in that in that area. Anytime he runs some like you know fifty cent machine mm-hmm. crazy sticker paint scheme, it's wild. And then uh, Truex is bringing back the Sirius XM paint scheme. It looks pretty cool. But he's going to be full time Bass Pro Shop, as well as uh, Austin Dillon, the tracker off-road the bass pro shop car so he's going to be a bass pro shop car as well just hope he can run the car as well as it looks that's kind of where i'm at on it with him. there's a zinger this is going to be a big proving year for for austin dylan man he's a big congrats to austin though by the way him and his wife uh, he's going to be a dad she's pregnant so congrats on on fatherhood but yeah man i mean i i do i want to see uh i want to see austin run well and i want to see him do good so hopefully he can really step up this year and and make some changes out there on the track this new crew chief might serve him well so i'd love to see him get that number three in victory lane man it's got to be stressful knowing that like the majority of your fans come from your number i would say so man it's going back i'm going to rank mine william byron alex bowman i hate that i'm agreeing with you and sorry i just avoided your question there but i'm still looking at these paint schemes (laughs) yeah that's definitely my right that's my rank one and two there's a lot to shop from, man. When you see that 24, you think Gordon. When you see that three, you think Earnhardt. And that's something that's going to be a staple for years to come in this sport. So I love the fact that Exalta and Hendrick is is running that for uh, for Byron. I think that that's going to be a game changer. And this is another big proven year for him, too. He's been in the series now for two years. It's time for him to step up and win one. Um, he's got to prove sure. that he's, uh, he's here. He's the, he's the lone driver that started his career playing a video game iRacing and that's why he is where he is today which is nuts so dreams can come true so you can literally sit at your house and play a racing video game and then maybe in like 10 years actually be racing on a real track in a real car that's one of the wildest stories i've ever heard what a world huh what a world we live in that's it we're gonna have have a lot more do you have any bold takes i want one bold nascar take i don't care what it is or about what driver just give me one take one bold nascar take um i will Go ahead and come out and say that Tyler Reddick gets seven top tens this season. Very bold. Do you want to take how many? How many does Cole Custer get? Do you want to even go there? Cole will have four. Four. Okay. Yes. If you call either one of those correctly, then that's a really good. So Reddick seven top tens. That's my bold take, and then Custer will have four top tens. Okay, I'm going to admit my bias here, but my, my take is one that will make you a very happy boy. Uh, Matty D 
goes to the as a playoff NASCAR driver this year. Oh, I do like that. That is, and that is pretty bold too, especially him going to a new team and trying to get a footing on everything that's going to be different from him going over from Levine. So, I could be trying to speak into existence. I could be. You should. I think we should. I think we have just spoken all of this into existence on this show tonight. So, Maddie D getting into the playoffs. Matt, Matt's going to love that too. I'm going to let him know that, that you call that when I see him at Daytona. Matt, Matty, no pressure, Matt. Yeah, just no pressure. Guy. Yeah, just, you know, just two garage, just two garage guys, just garage, garaging it up, you know. Just setting the bar way too high for you. Now go out there and do it. That's right. Make them playoffs, baby. You can do it. I'm going to tell them that every time I see him this season. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's been our show, episode 134. We will be back to talk to you about some festivities coming up this weekend. We got the, uh, the clash at Daytona. Um, and like I said, it's just time to get ready and ramp up some uh, NASCAR content. If there's anything out there that you guys are seeing or doing, uh, tweet at us. Let us know what's going on. Give us some content for the show. Uh, we'll have a little bit of garage talk returning coming up now that football is over. And, uh, yeah, and be sure to check out the Other League podcast. Um, it's an XFL podcast uh, that I'm co-hosting on. So um, Danny is the host, uh, Captain XFL. And he has all the inside knowledge on the XFL. So if you're going to be watching the XFL or uh, or doing some different stuff as far as trying to get into some fantasy leagues, definitely check that show out, the Other League Podcast. But, yeah, that's our show. Drew, any last words? Can't wait for NASCAR, Daytona, the Clash. It's it's here. The beautiful thing about being in the fantasy sports industry is that we just keep moving to the next sport. That's right, baby. We keep free flowing. So vroom, vroom, motherfuckers. See you later. Sports. Party. Repeat. Uh, you niggas gonna end up in a hurry. Hurry, you niggas gonna end up in a dirt. Dirt from the trenches, had to make it work. Working these for niggas, just gonna make it work. Work. That's an enemy arm. How that's an enemy arm. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. How that's an enemy's arm. How that's an enemy's arm. I wish the enemy hard. Bitch, I'm a star. Four little whipping, I'm whipping this car. I might just park in the yard. Catch the like and I rip them apart. Fuck it, I got no heart. Turn on emotions, I live in the dark. I don't know why, but that bitch left me scarred. I don't know why you just ain't play your part. Now you focus on wishing me hard. Fuck it, right the bare arms. I keep that stick on me arms. Under the enemy arms. I cannot fold under enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. Under the enemy arms. You niggas gon' end up in a hurt. You niggas gon' end up in a dirt. Different trenches had to make it work. And these for niggas just gon' make it worse. Worse. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Ay. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Tell we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Blowin' your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Blowin' your brain inside. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Ay. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Tell we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside Trouble, we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside You niggas gon' end up in a hurry You niggas gon' end up in a dirt Dirt from the trenches, had to make it work 
And these hood niggas just gon' make it worse Worse Oh, 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 enemy arms How that's the enemy arms Take down the enemy's army Take down the enemy's army How that's the enemy's arms How that's the enemy's arms